Speaking truth to power. This is Alan John's Ring of Tyranny. This is Alan Johns. Welcome to Ring of Tyranny. I am your host for the evening. Happy Thursday. September 5th uh, is the date. And we welcome you to Ring of Tyranny, where the sole survivor, uh, number one wrestling fan, uh, gives his current thoughts on the state of professional wrestling slash sports entertainment uh, slash um, hashtag uh, real sports are for wimps. Uh, let's get to the, let's get to the show, uh, just in case if you didn't know a little bit about me, uh, I am ex-emperor of the Datafight truth-telling slash conspiracy theorizing media network, uh, millions of subscri- subscribers strong, we, uh, had a, quite a good operation going there for a while, and of course, uh, as I explained in a previous episode, a, uh, skinhead, uh, well, it wasn't really a skinhead. It was an alien posing as a skinhead, led an insurgent group of uh, rival truth tellers uh, to rise up against me and destroy the empire. He took my voice from me for uh, for a few years, uh, but now it's back, and I am coming to you now from a secret location, uh, a secret organic gardening operation in uh, somewhere in Texas. I'd, I'd rather not be specific. And uh, speaking of specifics, well, let's get specific. Let's talk about uh, the week that was uh, WWE. So there's a whole lot of talk uh, about other things, uh, notably this this all-in thing. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about it. I know some of the names. Kind of looked into it. And, uh, you know, just since I couldn't go, I kind of didn't. I lost interest in it and was uh, looking more at you know, StarCast anyway. I'm quite a big podcast fan. That's why I wanted to bring back a podcast. I'm a born broadcaster. I got it in my blood. So uh, I skipped the all-in. I didn't watch it Saturday night. I I think I was watching Fully Loaded 1998, believe it or not, and uh, just kind of focused on that instead. Uh, I hear it was great, and that's great, Uh, but it seems to have influenced people's opinions of current Raw episodes, and uh, they're saying it sucks. I don't really agree. I think there were some good things happening on Raw, but everyone was maybe a, a little too juiced up from the all-in excitement over the weekend to to catch it or possibly be optimistic about what is to come. Uh, anyway, I guess that's a good introduction for now, so let's get with the show. I don't know what my thoughts are exactly. So Raw started um, with the Braun Strowman coming out and explaining his actions. And 
you know, as he said, uh, the belt is rightfully his. He uh, legitimately challenged for it twice, was denied his opportunity, which he's not really supposed to be denied. That's the whole point of the briefcase, is you'll cash in the briefcase for a title match at any time. And he was patient and waited, and I can't really see anything wrong with his motivations, other than the way he treated Kevin Owens, who returned to us this week uh, just looking kind of angry. He beat up uh, what's uh, Bobby Lashley and he looked really, really bad. I, and I suspect those looks could perhaps be related to the way Braun Strowman treated him originally when Kevin Owens asked for Braun's hand and friendship, uh, which was a very earnest gesture, uh, I felt, uh, on Kevin Owens' part uh, toward Braun, and Braun responded in kind uh, by terrorizing him, flipping over his rental car, which couldn't have been cheap. Uh, he... He threw Kevin Owens off a 20-foot ladder through a table. He threw him off a steel cage through a table, the top of the steel cage. Uh, he tipped him over at a porta potty. I mean, and all the guy, all the guy Kevin Owens did was ask for the monsters had uh, in friendship, which isn't so bad. But I guess they're on the same faction now, which is why I suspect Kevin Owens was so upset. Uh, this week. Speaking of, uh, I actually have a new guest host, uh, a new uh, associate host, a guest host, associate, uh, it's a host, uh, here. I know how to finish a fight. If you didn't recognize that, that's uh, Kevin Owens, and he's my guest host now. Uh, and welcome to the show, Kevin. Let's give him a, a good welcome. And, uh, uh, well, is there anything, anything you'd like to say? Oh, oh wow! Good to see that 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 sharp wit is still present uh, within the big man. Uh, so Raw uh, continued, and uh, lack of lack of uh, annoying lady segments this week, which was nice. Well, maybe not. I, I kind of it's so long that you start to zone out. It was neat that the authors of Pain showed up with their new uh, manager, uh, Mr. Drake. I, I, Spuds, Rockstar Spud. Of course, uh, a big fan from his TNA days. He he is now the manager of the Authors of Pain, which I think kind of bodes well for the Authors of Pain. Really, the theme, I don't know, uh, maybe people just didn't pick up on it, of the episode was kind of a building of the tag division is what I noticed. Uh, you know, the AOP kind of trying to make a name for themselves. They, they might have only beat up jobbers, but there's only so many tag teams and so many matches with each tag team. So it's good to just throw in some jobbers once in a while, especially with the AOP. The AOP are the team I'm behind, especially now that they have their new manager, uh, Mr. Drake from 205 Live. I believe he will be uh, donning the suit in the future rather than the bulletproof vest with fake grenades attached to it, which I personally didn't think was a necessary touch to the authors of pain it didn't make doesn't make them look any more intimidating it makes well honestly i think they go back to their old look uh just kind of being scary people you might meet on the street uh that will rip you in half and, and that would be fine but tiny mr drake is their manager now and we're not really sure what that bodes for but uh they didn't say much so you can assume the conspiracy runs deep it felt like a coup to taught uh to me there's been a lot of that lately with the shield uh three manning broad strowman after he legitimately tried to cash in fully what that is rights the money in the bank briefcase and was denied by the shield we now have a kind of thuggish looking aop with a slick salesman for a manager that is uh only coming up to their knees 
But uh, it looks good. Uh, Drew and Dolph uh, took the tag belts from the B team, which they had a good run. They had a good showing on Monday. And uh, it's, it's, well, it was time. It was a good run while it lasted, but it was time for the belts to change hands. Now, some people are worried that this means the Shield is going to tie up the tag belts. I personally think this opens it up for the Revival because the Revival have the claim. Really, they were screwed out of that title shot, which they proved they probably could have won. Uh, interestingly enough, the Revival will never get a chance to prove that they could beat the B team for the tag titles, or at least I don't think so. I, I think the B team was kind of a one and done deal, so I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of see them go in a different direction. Uh, however, uh, the WWE's proved me wrong before, so let's, uh, we could even look, maybe look forward to the B-Team being, reclaiming their championships next week. Also on Raw, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode have formed a new team, uh, interested to know what this team's, uh, name would be, you know, there's, they, we got a few choices, Bobby Gable, Bobby Roodle, Chabby Roodle, uh, what about Chad Glorious or Chabby Glorious? I like Chabby Glorious. Maybe we'll go with that. That's the new tag team's name, Chabby Glorious. Of course, they did not come out later in the night with the rest of the heels when the Shield returned. Oh, yeah, I saw at the first the Shield got uh, arrested, quote-unquote. Uh, but since they are the Hounds of Justice, as we could expect, the arrest uh, didn't hold for long. Uh, well, it held until the main event of the show anyway, which I guess is all that really counts in, in the end, if, if you're, uh, producing. Uh, anyway, so, Bobby Roode and, uh, Chad Gable had a good showing. Chad Gable did most of the showing, and Bobby Roode kind of got added credit, but he looked happy enough just to be there, and he looked happy enough to get the credit. Now, they're punking Bobby Lashley, and that seems to be a storyline, which I'm fine with, that kind of came up. He had to go out into the ring and chant Shanti with Jinder Mahal, and Kevin Owens came up and beat up Bobby Lashley, and I don't know why. Uh, I think Kevin Owens should be madder at Braun Strowman for kind of humiliating him, but I guess they're supposed to be on the same team, so he's just gonna have to hold his nose for now and do what Baron Corbin says. Well, Kevin Owens owns a Baron Corbin sweatshirt, so we can suspect that he may or may not be taking orders from the constable himself. Isn't that right, Kevin? Well, we could try to stay on topic instead. Uh, and other tag team moves. What did we have? So the revival. We've got uh, Chabby, Chabby Glorious. We've got the Authors of Pain. We've got the B team. Uh, Dolph and Drew. And people expect the Shield. However, with Dean and Seth Rollins in their case, so. At the end of the show, after Drew and Dolph get the tag belts, after uh, a few other matches, after a strange kind of rambling uh, promo from Shawn Michaels, he uh, promoted some of his merchandise at the beginning in kind of a strange way, uh, seemed a little winky-winky, uh, kind of the uh, pot calling the kettle black, but I don't know, Shawn seems like a good man in the end, and, uh, I just thought it was strange, he was almost making fun of it, but I was glad he got it out of the way at the beginning, so we didn't have to hear, you know, 20 minutes of advertising for shirts that most of, honestly, most of us aren't, come on, we're not gonna, buy. but we will play as Shawn Michaels in our video games, uh, in the future. I liked this segment. Uh, this was kind of a legend's corner for an old-timer like me. It was fun to see Sean back. Uh, he's still in good shape. He, uh, had, had a lot of things to say, 
uh, about how Triple H was going to win the match, which I do believe Triple H will win the match because it's it's his time to shine uh, these all these years later. And really, uh, The Undertaker can't totally be in his prime, so he's probably going to be more susceptible to loss here now that he's wrestling. Uh as he's getting older, but I, I'm still happy to see them go. I think it'll be a good match, and Sean was certainly hyping it up, but it seemed as though Sean was saying he was going to be in the match, and I thought maybe Sean's confused, but maybe I'm just confused, but I think in the end, he was just saying he'd be watching, and uh, I don't know, it seemed like he was hitting at something bigger, but we'll see. Uh, unexpected return from the dead man, The Undertaker, he showed up. I uh, like that he's coming out to his old theme. It's kind of a mix of all the eras there, and he, he, well, he asked what we were all uh, thinking to Shawn Michaels, uh, pretty much, what the heck are you talking about? You're probably not going to make any sense. And so that was raw. Uh, at the end, uh, Braun Strowman was beating up Tiny Man Finn Balor, and uh, the shield showed up at the police van, uh, presumably because they are the hounds of justice, or the police, if the police were fan, if anyone is fans of the shield, it's the police, right? So they just gave the shield the van, and the shield got jumped. They, they didn't really do anything. They didn't have a strong showing. Uh, they got beat. Seth Rollins got thrown through the, the, the window of the van, and the glass fell everywhere, and it looked like there was some blood, and there are some reports that he's hurt, uh, so... Uh, thoughts and prayers for him. Uh, he's a great, great talent, and uh, let's all just kind of keep him in our thoughts and, and hope that Seth Rollins gets okay, uh, but not to the point where it interferes with the Revival versus Drew and Dolph. Uh, I think we'd all like to see some kind of development in that area in the tag title uh, competition on Raw. Uh, so, uh, the Shield came back. It was a disaster. Uh, they all the heels came out uh, from the company, all the bad guys who are apparently on the same day, saw the authors pain were there. Uh, Drew Gulak got a show again. Uh, there were uh, all the other heels. Kevin Owens uh, fighting for Braun, kind of doing Braun's dirty work. Uh, he did not look happy. He did not look happy. Let's ask, uh, were you happy doing that? I mean, you're right here, so. Well, I'm not presuming to think that I have you all figured out so much as I was just asking uh, whether, you know, the look on your face, Kevin, was of uh, just kind of resolve to do something you didn't want to do, because that's what it looked like to me. It didn't look like your normal, happy self, really the way you were before you asked for Braun's hand in friendship, and he decided to wreck your life with a sledgehammer. A couple other things from this Raw. Uh, we had a concert from Elias that was interrupted by Alexa Bliss, who took the opportunity to talk trash about her hometown and kind of hit on Elias, which was kind of a, oh, well, if those two get together, I guess that would kind of make sense. Uh, and so there was uh, also, oh, I did like this comment from Corey Graves uh, calling uh, Natty Rhonda's pet cat. Uh, what if, with, with, regarding WWE's current roster, uh, female roster, uh, one of my conspiracy, one of the things I can't figure out at all is why Natty wears the cat ears. I mean, this thing runs deeper than the CIA. Uh, is she, why, is she supposed to be a cat? I know she's a cat lover. Uh, she gives the cat ears to the, to the kids, which I, I get, and that's, that's cool. But, uh, Corey Graves called her Rhonda's pet cat, Natty, and, uh, I did I did actually chuckle at that. Uh, so before we get to SmackDown, I actually have a uh, listener-submitted question 
uh, is, I believe, from Bernie Prezito, one of our producers. And uh, here, I'm just going to play it, and then I'll respond uh, once it's done. Hey, Alan, this is uh, Bernie Prezito. I was actually playing WWE All-Stars on my Xbox 360, and it's a pretty good game. Um, and I was wondering if you maybe played that game or or maybe what other uh, games you, you like. Uh, well, Bernie, that's an interesting question. And, uh, you know, old-timer like me, I've been raising kids. Uh, kind of my video game uh, usage had declined quite a bit once the kids came. Uh, kind of ended at uh, Nintendo. I believe the game, it was a WWF game. I believe it was called Ultimate Challenge. Uh, you could be the Ultimate Warrior. You could be Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Bruce the Barber, Beefcake, Big Box Man, uh, and a few others. I believe it was the second game that WWE put out. Uh, was the last uh, wrestling video game that I owned slash played. Uh, however, uh, thinking... Maybe a second generation consoles, not just the next box. Now that I've got a little more free time, uh, since my daughter's organic farming business has taken off, maybe I'll take her up on that WWE All-Stars. It sounds it sounds like an interesting play. Anyway, on to SmackDown. Uh, it's a great episode of SmackDown. I mean, really, it can't be understated how much easier it is to watch two hours of programming as opposed to the three we get on Raw. Uh, it's decent three hours most of the time. Sometimes you get a Legends Corner segment added, and, and that's a plot, so you get to see The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, and they talk about Triple H, but uh, the two-hour time frame on SmackDown just uh, just uh, pays for a more entertaining, fast-paced show, and that's something... Uh, yeah, can't be understated. Anyway, the Charlotte-Becky uh, thing went on. We had almost versus Daniel Bryan uh, at the start, and uh, it was a good match again. Almost, almost showing he can kind of do. I think this guy's entrance is my favorite entrance in the WWE. When he takes off the lucha mask, he removes the freedom of the mask and throws it behind him and comes to the ring with Selena Vega and uh, just makes his presence known. And I think this guy has a good chance that he's going to go to the top and we'll get to ride the wave with him. Uh, double whammy surf, surf terms. Uh, let's see. Then, well, this I found kind of... The Miz, of course, interrupted that match. And then after that, I, we had this kind of disconcerting video. Kind of a dystopian... What I think of 1984. I think of video screens and patronizing characters kind of talking down to you from the video screens. And that's what we had with Becky and Charlotte... Uh, arguing with each other, kind of talking trash, but they weren't even looking at each other, or I guess they were, but when you were looking at them, they were looking out at you, and it, it was just, it didn't really sell me. I don't know why they can't be friends. Uh, really, Becky has no claim to that title. Uh, Charlotte, of course, got appointed to the match, and maybe she could have said no, but um, Becky really didn't need to go over the line uh, in, a, in a normal friendship, a healthy friendship between two friends. Usually the friend that stepped over the line would apologize at some point, you know, before they do something uh, they may regret, like, such as take a SmackDown women's title from you and beat you up and call you names and get cheered for it, which must be kind of confusing for poor, poor Charlotte. Of course, she's always going to come back. She's got it in her blood. She's got champion's blood in her veins. And Charlotte will return, of course, to uh, cheers, I'm sure, one day. Or perhaps she shall just become the greatest heel that the uh, genre of sports entertainment has ever seen. Uh, the Iconics are hateable.
Uh, the Iconics are Hannibal. They get booed deservedly. They're rude. They're not nice. Uh, they're bratty, uh, uh, snotty girls. And they beat up Naomi two-on-one, which I don't really understand. That book hey, does it. I mean, I guess they booked it one-on-one, but it always seems to be a two-on-one. Anyway, they beat her up. Uh, Asuka came out for no reason. Nakamura wasn't on SmackDown. Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy uh, are going to have a match in Hell in a Cell. Jeff Hardy's going to be in a Hell in a Cell for the first time. And honestly, I'm kind of excited about this match. I think it, it has the potential to steal the show, but we'll talk about that more in the coming weeks. Uh, this became R-Truth's show. He did some hilarious segments. And I got to say, R-Truth, you are MVP of the week, buddy. Uh, I think R-Truth is great. And uh, it was it was fun to watch him kind of... Uh, he, he got around a couple obstacles before he got Carmella on his side, walking ringside, and walking down to the ring with him by his side, and he pinned the Miz, and it was R-Truth's night, and we can all celebrate uh, a night like that because R-Truth is truly a superstar that deserves uh, to pin a, the potential champion every once in a while, too. Uh, what happened over that? Uh, oh yeah, so during the Archers match, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella came out. I, uh, was a little scared for everyone when Brie Bella got in the ring after her performance on Raw. That kind of, uh, scary tumble she had. A couple, uh, missteps there. Just make you, make a guy wonder if they're okay. Oh yeah, there was Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe was talking trash about AJ Styles and his family. He was talking to us about his wife, Wendy. He named his daughter's name, and then he said that AJ Styles deserved it, and he was gonna tuck daddy in and all this, all this nasty-sounding, sounding stuff. And I just, it made me so upset that I had to make sure I brought it up on the podcast and that, Joe, your kids, kids are watching this show, and kids are watching you threaten another man's family. And I know the Hell in the Cell poster has Demon Roman Reigns and or Demon Braun and Devil Reigns. But oh, you shouldn't threaten a man's family, not on TV, while the kids are watching. Alan John's Ring of Tyranny was recorded at a secret location in Texas. Uh, we thank you very much for listening. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to email BerniePresido at gmail.com or 3HorsesRadio at gmail.com. That's the number three. Uh, thank you again for listening. Come back. There's going to be more episodes. Uh, we'll probably have some t-shirts and maybe some mixtapes coming out. At some point, we'll figure out a way you can donate uh, and keep this ad free. And uh, Alan wants you all to know he loves his little warriors and... Uh, He wants you to keep fighting the good fight. Have to understand something. It takes a certain kind of man to scratch, claw, and climb his way to the very top of the mountain, but it takes an entirely different kind of man to build his damn nest there and call it home. And that's the kind of man you are looking at.